0: So, on parkscope.net, the immersive irony experience, and I'm here with the general manager of Lake Compounds, Mr. Jerry Brick. How are you?
1: Good, Alan. How are you doing today on this wet, rainy morning on the East Coast?
0: <laughs> I'm looking outside, and it's sunny and clear in Michigan for a change. So, That's good. so I'm going to be perfectly happy with with my situation over here in my office, um, at least until the trains start showing up. That always happens. Yes. Um, <laughs> we, we have basically train tracks right across the street from where my building's at, and it just it it never fails when I have a conference call that I start having trains show up. So <laughs> hopefully, hopefully I'll actually get through an hour without like three freight trains. Anyways, so over at Lake Compounds, we'll start. We'll let you get some of your plugs in to begin with. Nothing huge new this year at Lake Compounds, but a lot of changes uh, with the Wildcat wood coaster, Boulder Dash, and then also Ghost Hunt.
1: Yeah, you know it was um, <clears throat> we've we've had a couple of. of busy years, of the past, I'm going to say the past five or six years from moving the road to the campground to water park expansions and, and phobia, that it was nice to, to kind of sit there and look at all of our existing attractions and see what needs to be done. And, and I think we've you know hit on a, a bunch of them that really needed some upgrading, and it, it's going to be a, a good year for that.
0: So with Wildcat, you've got a whole bunch of new track work and new trains from uh, great coasters. You've got some new track work over on Boulder Dash. I mean, it's not like a massive change. Uh, you removed the triple down and replaced it with a couple new hills. And then yeah, you know, you've got a new targeting system.
1: We do. And, and the targeting system is, um, you know, that's a, a, a good system. We got to work with a company called Legatronics out of the Netherlands. And um, we're their first park in the U.S. to use them. Uh, but they have a lot of experience over in Europe and over in China. And um, they just seem like a, a good group of people to work with. and. And you got to ride it, so I really believe that what they did was a good job. So I'm I'm excited about that. And then in Boulder Dash, you know, Boulder Dash was still running good, except for one spot was a little bit rough. Um, so we replaced that spot with a double up, and it's uh, now back up to where it really should be. Is uh, hopefully contending for the number one coaster again. And then uh, Wildcat, you know, for its 90th birthday, we we've, we've done a ton of work since 2011 on it from. Um, all these different spots that Great Coasters has done, and now Martin and Flemix, and uh, we have the new trains going in this year. They're actually on it. We we hope to be running it in the next probably 10 to 12 days. Um, so there there was quite a bit of changes, even though there's nothing new.
0: Yeah, it's uh, a lot of a lot of little things here and there, but they add up. And and it's always good when you have, especially the regional parks like Lake Compounds, that don't just rest, you know, on a year. They they keep doing things anyways. Uh, at least little things to improve the experience. And and like you said, I did get a chance to ride ghost hunt and boulder dash, uh, about a week ago, a little over a week ago and really, really liked the new guns over on ghost hunt. Um, immediately, as soon as I started using them, I recognized basically the targeting system from rides I was on last year in Italy. I was like, Oh, okay. I know how this works. Uh, and then, uh, and boulder dash is running fantastic. Uh, it's running really, 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 really well. so, one of the things that that uh, is interesting about Lake Compounds it's the oldest amusement park continuously operating in the United States of America. Um, it has some classic elements. It's got lots of new rides. Well, the newer rides is Phobia, uh, which went in was it last year? The Phobia, yes, two thousand sixteen. So, so just really quickly, take me back through just really quickly, sort of the decision on how you guys ended up selecting Phobia and. Uh, What went into that decision to build that specific ride?
1: Um, You know, we we had it down to to three finalists, um, and and each of the finalists are are very reputable. Um, The other two would have been prototypes, um, you know, smaller in nature, but still launch coasters. And um, what it really came down to was um, we've been through the prototype uh, when we bought Thunder and Lightning and and a couple other attractions where when you get prototypes, you get, uh, you have some bugs you have to work out a little bit, and uh, more so than if something that's already established. And that was probably um, the biggest thing, is that they were already, um, I think we were the fifth one, so there were already four of these out there, so they've been able to work out most of the bugs. And, um, you know, it was another 25 feet taller than the other ones that were being presented. And it has, um, it, it fits in, that footprint which was good because it's a tight footprint up there but also when you walk into the park at the main gate it really has a presence up there of looking really big because that elevation is probably a good 30 or 40 feet higher from where you stand at the main gate so the ride looks massive um and and for most big parks it wouldn't be a a massive ride but for us it's it, it really towers over a lot of the other attractions in the park
0: yeah, for those who aren't familiar with this, this is a premier Skyrocket coaster. It's about 150 or so feet tall. And yes. and like you said, with with the way that Lake Compounce's layout is, basically it's almost like on a hillside. It's basically on the side of a mountain, really. Uh, yeah. and, and so when you're at the entrance level, there's almost like a second tier up above where Boulder Dash's entrance is located. And and this right sits on the old pad, which used to be the Enterprise, Uh which, which kind of tells you how impressive it is that you're able to fit a 150-foot multi-launch roller coaster into the space of what used to be the Enterprise. Uh, and then it just, it towers over everything. I mean, it has immense presence. And even if you're, if you're going on the hills, you know, if you're, you know, over by ESPN, looking down into the park, I mean, it's pretty tough to miss that thing.
1: Yeah, it's definitely, um, again, a lot of places, if you're out in town, you can, it, um You can see the Ferris wheel, which is 100 feet, and the Ferris wheel is behind the coaster, and it almost looks like, um, you, you know, a kids ride when it's standing next to it. And and the good thing about it is, you know, the way we have it, you can stand right next to the coaster and, and look straight up. It's it's just visually appealing, even for those who don't want to ride. Um, maybe they're scared of roller coasters, but they stand there and watch it. And then, and then they say, oh, no, I'm not riding that. But at least it's appealing for them to, to watch it and, and watch everybody. You know, last year, a lot of people got off the ride. They, they were like, wow, that was a smooth, fast, fun ride. And even the coach enthusiasts were saying it was a little more intense than they thought it would be. So, you know, that's a good, that's a good sign for us.
0: Yeah, it's an excellent ride, and I think it fits really, really well with, you know, the other steel coaster you guys have with Zoomerang, which is a Vacoma boomerang ride. It it provides something a little bit different, uh, and it's something that's that's pretty unique for the area because Six Flags New England doesn't have a launch coaster, does it, now that I think about it?
1: It does not, and that's why we we were the pushing, um, you know, they used to have a shuttle launch coaster, if you remember the Black Widow, yep. but they took that down. But we um, branded it as the first triple launch in New England. so. Um, that was one of the reasons behind getting the launch, uh, was to, to be the first, of course, and, and have it up there.
0: What are sort of the challenges in terms of, I mean, with the launches, they're typically like huge drains on electricity. Is that an issue that you guys had or that you were encountering at any point?
1: Uh, it, it is, but we put in a, a flywheel system. So uh, one of the two buildings, maintenance buildings up there, is a flywheel system. So we're capturing the energy as it runs through the staters, uh the kinetic energy, and we're storing it it's helping reduce our energy
0: cost. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. Yeah. And I know Holiday World does something a little bit similar as well. So um, matter of fact, that's a good segue. Uh, Another unique aspect about Lake Compounds is that Lake Compounds has free soft drinks. Um, And I remember Holiday World was the first park to roll that program out uh, around 98 or 99 and and Lake Compounds was shortly thereafter. Did you guys go to Pepsi or did Pepsi come to you with that, uh, with that sort of program?
1: We actually went to holiday world and we, uh, talked to holiday world about it. And, um, and then we went to Pepsi. So, you know, we, holiday world did it. I think we were the, the year after they started it. Um, and at the time, you know, six flags, New England was putting in coaster after coaster. And it was, it was a way, um, for us. Cause we couldn't afford to put in coaster after coaster, but to, to make the park different and differentiate ourselves from them. So, I, I think, you know, for the most part, people like it. Um, people are drinking less soda nowadays. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, it's it, I, I don't know um, what will happen in the future with it. Uh, not that we're going to get rid of it anytime soon, but I mean, we're seeing less and less soda being uh, consumed by our
0: guests. Interesting. Okay. that Yeah, I did not expect that. I know that you guys have some other options. I think there's like smart water uh, or, or life water is available. So, we life water from the. Yeah, we-
1: so. There'll be life water on there as well.
0: Yeah. Um I'm we'll gonna go back a little bit here. Prior to you coming to Lake Compounds, uh you worked at Darien Lake, is that correct?
1: I did. Um, I worked at Darien Lake. Um uh now you're gonna test me. I think it was 86 was my first year there.
0: Man, geez, that's going back a ways. <laughs>
1: yeah, so I, I worked there, um I, I made cotton candy. <laughs> so, <laughs> You know, um, I made cotton candy and I, uh, I was terrible at it. So they moved me to a sausage stand and, um, you know, I spent a lot of year there, years there working, um, doing all sorts of different things in food service from running the warehouse to, to some of the restaurants, to being a midway, uh, coach or manager, whatever they called it. Um, and it, you know, it was a great experience and at the time they had sold to, uh, premier parks, um,
0: and then I moved on and went to wet and wild, uh, Emerald point down in North Carolina. Oh, okay. I didn't, I actually did not know that you were down there. All right. Well, you're, yeah. originally, you're originally from Western New York period. So did you grow up going to places like crystal beach? Um, I, I
1: did I wrote the comment when it was at crystal beach. Um, there was a park in Indian falls, New York called Boulder park. Um, that I, I was real little as it was closing and it's no longer there. Um, but I had been there, and, um, you know, but I did go to Crystal Beach a lot. Daring Lake, when I first went there, was just a campground. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, when I was little, my, my grandparents actually camped there, and I, I, um, they had a water slide. I think that was the first attraction, the water slides and the carousel, and then it, it became the park. Um, so, yeah, Fantasy Island uh, was there a lot. in Grand Island, Seabreeze in Rochester, and Seabreeze is, is still one of my favorite parks. Uh, great job.
0: Yeah, a lot of people kind of ignored that Western New York has this really stacked lineup of places. I mean, it's it's almost disproportionate given the population and and the demographics that are there. But man, they've got a lot of really nice places.
1: They do, they do, and I, you know, I, I try to go back when I go back. I try to visit Sea Breeze or Darien Lake or Fantasy Island, and you know, there's there is a lot. There's Marine Land right there in Niagara Falls, Canada. I mean, that's very close uh, to where I grew up, and it was. It was definitely, um, you know, a lot of parks that I got exposed to, so, you know, I think that's where where it all began there, was uh, getting to those parks and, and seeing what was going on and having a good time with them.
0: You had, uh, you know, you had mentioned that you started food service at Darien Lake. Did you get, did you start working at Darien Lake basically just because it was like a job, like a summer job sort of thing? You wanted to make some money, it might be fun, and then... You progressed into being really interested in the industry or were you interested in it before you started at Darien Lake
1: no no it was a summer job um, I was not allowed to work during the school year uh, during high school that was a, a rule of my parents and I I, I liked that rule it was either um, join clubs or play sports or do something but uh, you're not going to work mm-hmm. and uh, that way I could really enjoy my my educational experience during high school year uh, then I started working at Darien Lake in the summers just a job. Um, you know, I didn't it was close. I didn't know what I was gonna do. So I said, yeah, I'll work here. And um, I remember being interviewed and they're like, where do you want to work? And I'm like, I just want a job. <laughs> 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 so I meet, like, it anybody myself. Uh, Yeah. Uh,
0: actually I was talking with uh, someone that you would know, my cousin Tom Dion, who used to, oh, yeah. to water park. Uh, and we were joking, uh, you had mentioned sports, that we wanted to know whether or not you had a good power double. As a wrestler,
1: <laughs> you know uh, I, I I can't say I'm I'm well past my prime. Um, <laughs> it, it's hard for me, for me to remember all those years, uh, but my my son wrestles, so I, I get to kind of uh, relive wrestling through him. But uh, he's way better than I ever was. I can tell you that. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. He's a he's a very very good uh, wrestler, and um, you know it's, it's exciting to watch that. So. Is he getting uh, recruited? He's only a, fresh, he's only a freshman, um, so no, but he's been wrestling since he was probably
0: four. Oh, man. All right. So yeah. he's, he's, he's pretty serious about it. So we're going to be looking at uh, uh, the youngest brick with cauliflower ears in the not-too-distant future, perhaps.
1: Ab- absolutely.
0: <laughs>
1: so, no, but he wears his headgear. I was not as, uh, as, as intelligent as he is, so I, um, I didn't learn until after, later on in life. But uh, hopefully, you won't have that.
0: <laughs> um, so you were at uh, at Darien Lake. So they were purchased by Premier in, in what year? It was like 94, 95 probably. Yeah, right? I
1: think it was ninety four ninety five.
0: And then, um, so then you go to Wet and Wild Emerald Point, which is a big water park.
1: Well, park. yeah, and I didn't go there. I didn't go there first. Oh, I went. Okay. To, um, the food service at Darien Lake years before my very first year was run by an outside concessionaire.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: The next year, it was run by the park. So in 87, it was run by the park. And I went to work for uh, Marriott, uh, which is now Marriott Sodexo. Mm -hmm. And uh, my job was to set up accounts all over the Northeast. So if they had a zoo or aquarium or whatever, I would get shifted there, and I'd help set up the account. And then um, when they lost some accounts, I went there and helped take them down. And I I realized quickly that um, I didn't want to do that. (laughs) You know? (laughs) So so my boss uh put me in touch with Emerald Point, and um, you know I went down there in ninety five um, at the end of ninety five season and worked there for ninety six and then um, at some point through the ninety six summer season, I had met some of the Kennywood folks mm-hmm. uh, through different industry um, you know meetings, and uh, they gave me a call and said hey we're we're acquiring this park up in Connecticut. Do you have any interest? And, uh, you know, it sounded interesting and I, I was very interested in it. So I, I took the shot. I
0: was going to say, it seems like of the parks to go to, I don't say it's a, it's a strange fit. It's kind of an interesting fit because you came from Darien Lake originally, which is yep. a. for those who are not familiar with Darien Lake, uh, it was briefly a Six Flags park. It's now back to just being Darien Lake. But one of its sort of prime draws is that it has an amphitheater that has concerts, and that was something that Lake Compounds used to have and was getting rid of at the time that uh, Kennywood took over the management of it. Um, was that at all something that they mentioned? Were they even thinking about still doing concerts at Lake Compounds when they were taking the park over?
1: No, no, that was never uh, a consideration um, because again, the one over in Hartford was already built, and okay. the one down in Bowlingford was built, and and this one was in. It was in bad shape and you really gotta be tied in with, you know, like a live nation in order to be successful in the concert business. And if you don't have that that uh, partnership, I'm not sure you can make it without having that. Gotcha. Process. Okay, that
0: makes sense then. And and now of course the zoomerang is sitting on roughly the spot that the stage used to. Uh, and interesting where, I, I really like no that you guys have that spot. historical plaque out too. Yeah, we do. Uh, for for those who've never heard this, uh, one of the more famous moments in Recent musical history took place at Lake Compounds, uh, which was the Millie Vanilli show where the tape got stuck. Uh, And and that is now commemorated forever at Lake Compounds uh, for visitors to to discover. Um, As far as your your ride selections that you've had at Lake Compounds, uh, there's been a a good selection. Like you said, you've had a prototype ride with the SNS, Scream and Swing, Thunder and Lightning. You've had uh, the Premier Sky um, or the Premier Coaster. You've had You've also brought in some rides that were basically used rides, but that were really good fits for the park. Um, what do you guys look for when you're looking at stuff that's going to be new for like compounds? Is it? Do you ever have anything specific in mind? Is it just first like budgetary considerations?
1: Well, I mean, there's always a budget. And, and obviously the bigger the park, uh, the, typically the bigger the budget. But um, if you can grow the park, your budget can grow with it. Mm-hmm. But... Um, You know, I know when we look for stuff, uh, the the first thing I want to make sure that we have is something that when people ride it, they get off and they go, that was fun. I want to ride it again. Um, You know, and I've been on some attractions where I've ridden it and I, you know, I get off and I'm like, whew, that scared me. I'm not not (laughs) going to that thing again. But, uh, you know, I I think that's part of, uh, you know, we still are in the family market, um, Mm -hmm. but over the past couple of years, we have been broadening that family up to you know driving age and uh, even people that are driving on their own now i think we have enough um, quality attractions and both uh, from a family standpoint and from a thrill seeker standpoint that there's there's enough to do for everybody and um you know i think as we move on we're going to look a little bit for both more family attractions and, and some more thrill attractions and i I think we do need a little bit more of a thrill element in the water park um, that will come now that we've finished clearing out the road, but it's going to you know it takes a little time for it
0: yeah, I was going to mention another one of these things that that you've done recently is the construction of a campground, so you actually have sort of on property stays for lake compounds. Uh, how did you guys make the determination to go in that direction and, and have a sort of hotel or or lodging component as well
1: well we we acquired the land before um, you know, Palace Entertainment back with Kennywood, and it was our intent back then that that would make a good campground, and, uh, you know, coming from Darien Lake, uh, I knew the campground did very well for the for Darien, so um, our goal was to uh, eventually look at it that way, and then I, I happened to, you know, as we were acquired, keep mentioning it and pushing it, pushing it, and um, Palace didn't have any campgrounds at the time, but then they acquired Dutch Wonderland that had a campground, so um, we took a shot and it's, uh, it, you know, it's bringing people in. We had visitors from 49 out of the 50 states last year. Um, and it was Iowa out of all places. That So our marketing plan in Iowa is not doing very well. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's it's interesting because people are traveling to New England and now they're stopping here and, and making a day or two at the park.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Um Back when I worked at Lake Compounds, many, many moons ago, uh, I remember getting my NEAPA pass every year. And uh, is, first of all, is NEAPA still a thing? Uh, the New England Association of Amusement Parks Attractions, I think it was. And what what kind of relationship do you guys build with the other parks in New England from that? Or did
1: it? No, it's still a still thing. And, uh, you know, I go to the, the meetings and uh, I attend, you know, it's a lot of... A good ways that the parks get together to promote safety um, what we're doing to promote uh, improving the parks uh, while it's a competition between all of us we we really believe that you know we want to grow the industry as a whole and, and want people to attend parks so you know it's it's a challenge that we have every day and you know we i talk to the six flags people the quasi people um you know other parks throughout new england and uh, they give me a call and say, "Hey, what do you think about this? Or have you looked at that?" And, you know, it's a it's a very good working relationship.
0: With the relationship with Six Flags, um, has it changed at all since the days when it was sort of run by Gary Story and uh, and and kind of pushing for this huge constant expansion versus now post uh, bankruptcy?
1: No, I, I don't think it's changed because it's still the park talking to the park. Mm-hmm. Um, We're not sharing what we're doing with them in the future and vice versa. But, you know, our maintenance team talks with their maintenance guys. We have some of the same attractions. Um, We've borrowed stuff from them. They've borrowed stuff from us. Um, You know, and and we talk about different things that we have, um, you know, hey, you might want to look at this, this, and this. Or, you know, as you're doing this, um, you know, these are the procedures that we found are the easiest. So we spend a lot of time back and forth with that. And I, I think it's a, a great way to promote, a, you know, again, a safe culture uh, through all the parks.
0: In the APA itself, uh, there's been, you know, just as anywhere in the regional amusement park industry or theme park industry, you have people that go in and out of business. I know in the time that I was around New England, uh, Whalem Park and Enchanted Forest in Rhode Island were both parks that went out of business, uh, which were members, of, as far as I know, about, of the APA. Did you guys ever have any discussions with them? Did they ever talk to you about their struggles or uh, was that something that you guys were aware of or was it just kind of like, well, it's kind of their problem?
1: Well, when I moved to New England, uh, Whalen Park and, and Rocky Point were just closing. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have any kind of relationship with them. Okay. Um, but, you know, in this industry, you, you need to be moving forward at all times or you're or you're stepping backwards. Right. Uh so, again, you, you not, not only just with new attractions, but you need to be putting money into the park like we did this year, you know, and if it's fixing up bathrooms or fixing up food stands, I think it's, uh, I think it's something you have to keep doing all the time. And not to say that they weren't doing it, I, I don't know, but if you look at it now, the parks that, uh, you know, Kwasi and uh, they're doing something every year. They're, they're changing, they're adding new rides. Even when they're taking out rides, we've taken out rides and replaced them with new rides. You're not letting that ride sit there where it gets so old that you can't maintain it anymore. You're you're trying to replace it and put something new in. So I think uh, from from that standpoint, all the parks that are around, we do talk about our struggles, but we also know what people want to see change. And if you're not changing, um, why would you expect your results to be any different?
0: Kwasi is a good park to bring up because in the time – since I had left Connecticut and, uh, when I returned about a week or so ago, they have changed a lot. Um, how has quasi's improvements with their new wood coaster and, uh, you know, expanding of their water park, has that affected your business at all? Do you consider them competitors or do you consider them like a complement in the market?
1: Well, probably both. I mean, we're always all competitors, but in terms of, you know, if you look at it, uh, when one facility is doing well and it's right next to you you know obviously hopefully people are going to come and visit both parks um but again they've done a very good job um, again just if you go into their their ride selection they they put a new food stand in this year they put some new kiddie rides in replacing some of the older kiddie rides and improving the water park they've done a really good job they have a great wooden coaster there um so Again, I think it's more of a compliment when the whole area it, its trying to keep up with the Joneses. So we're all making improvements, um, but I think it helps us all when we're, when we're all doing that.
0: When you came to Lake Compounds, you were the operations manager. Is that correct?
1: Well, I started out as uh, I did in 97. I was doing food, and then I started in 97 with being retail and catering. Okay. But then moved on and picked up, you know, operations, water park, uh, you know, different throughout the years.
0: Uh, do you consider as far as your development in the theme park industry, was it the people that you worked with at Darien Lake primarily that were kind of the people that developed you or was it more, uh, like Tom Wages, who was the GM of Lake Compounds at the time?
1: Well, I've, I've learned from a lot of different people. Um, when I worked at Darien Lake, it was owned by the Lococo family and, uh, August Lococo or Augie, he was a big mentor of mine, along with a guy named Mike Botticelli. Um, they were both very big mentors of mine, um, and, and Mike still works at Darien doing the revenue department, and, and Augie oversees, I believe, all the construction for Cedar Fair. I found them at Cedar Point last summer and got to spend some time with them. So, you know, those guys uh, took me under their wing, and then I worked for the guy at Marriott who was very good, and even the GM of Emerald Point was very good to me, uh, taught me a lot. And then, you know, getting working for Tom was a... Um, The other guys wanted me to always work, so I always had that work ethic, but um, he he got me thinking about other things outside of the food and games and retail realm. Um, So he was, I mean, they were all important players, just like anybody else who's worked up their career. I can look back and say, you know, there's 10 or 12 people that probably influenced me quite a bit. Um, So it's been a good influence because they've all been different types of people.
0: As far as your own development in the theme park industry uh, and, and looking at other people that are trying to get into the theme park industry, you know, one thing I always thought when I was a kid, uh, thinking that that's what I wanted to do for my life was that I just wanted to do rides. And I recognize now that if I had actually wanted to, to really work in the theme park industry on a full-time basis, it probably would have been wise to go to the managers and say, hey, can you teach me something else other than just rides like foods or retail? Is that something that you would typically suggest to someone that's actually serious about working in theme parks?
1: Well, yeah, I, I, w- I definitely would because you're, you're learning different things. On rides, you're learning a lot of safety. You're learning a lot of procedural um, things. Foods, you're learning how to work with the health department, how to work with money and inventory and cost of sale. Um, so if you look at a lot of our managers, our campground manager was a food person. Um, our games and uh, retail person came from another department. You know, so we gave them a lot of experience because ultimately they'll want to keep moving up. Um, You know, not that being the campground manager is a bad job, uh, but I I would think that anybody that's younger and they have that drive, they want to they want to move up. So you have to give them experience of different areas throughout the park. And you know, we've been fortunate here. You know, uh, we've seen a lot of people get promoted out of this park to other parks, and you know, I'm happy for them. Um, But hopefully, it's the experience that they've had working with all the different areas of the park that's helped him out
0: and you guys seem to have done a really good job hiring internally i saw uh, larry was still there uh at lake compounds and i remember when he was like 16 working as a ride attendant years ago
1: uh yeah larry's a great guy very smart guy he uh you know he, he's very much i mean again he's working with games and retail and admissions and rides and water park um he's you know been helpful with uh, any of the new ride development or even in the campground, we're giving them some experience over there. So, uh, again, it's as people want to learn more, you give them snapshots of other departments. And as they grow, uh, I guess the snapshots didn't become bigger snapshots as where they can put it all together and, and really get the whole, um, you know, movie together and get all those tools for their tool bag, as I say. Because everybody has tools. You're just trying to increase the number of tools they
0: carry. Would you say that um... – Trying to think how to phrase this here. Um, first of all, for you for you guys, and, and this is true for it seems most amusement parks. Obviously, hiring internally is a big thing. Do you ever look externally as well for people to to try and fill positions, or have you just had good luck right now bringing people from within?
1: No, we've hired externally. Um, our, our marketing person, our, our um, controller, uh, some of the maintenance um, guys. hire from within um but that's not always the case so it really depends but if we can hire from within i would much rather do that because then it shows people there's an opportunity to grow up uh, with the company i mean myself if i if i realized there wasn't an opportunity to grow well then at some point you might lose people because there's no opportunity okay
0: Uh, i guess we're now where i actually really want to go it took me a minute to compose it um You know, a lot of times with the more family-run parks, you see people that get a chance to wear many, many different hats and and learn a lot of different things. Do you still kind of operate or or take pride in operating yourself more like a family-operated park rather than, say, a corporate park?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, you want people to wear different hats. Um, You know, I want to be just as involved in maintenance as I am in marketing or um, operations, and, and the same goes for the team, you know, When we start, whether it's a new ride or we're fixing things, a lot of people get involved with it because you want that experience um, because it only helps you in the future. It's not going to hurt you Mm -hmm. um, to get people more experience. So when you can operate like a family park, and you operate like that when you're a smaller park like us, I guess we're considered a medium-sized park. So it definitely plays a a, a bigger role with those site parks versus a, a bigger park where there's just too much to do where you can't get people that experience.
0: How is it with the transition that you guys have had going from the Henninger family at Kennywood to the sale with, with palace, uh, and it being part now of Parque Reunidos, because you, you technically are a corporate park and part of a huge corporate chain of parks, but you still get to operate a little bit more like a family park. But, but tell me how that transition went and, and, you know i'm sure premier or uh, palace treats you quite well these days
1: yeah they. i mean they they believe in lake compound so um like anything there's there's definitely change um you know we but i think there's been a lot of positive um from procedures to uh investment um I, you know i can't speak uh, for kennywood now mm. but i'm not i don't know if we would ever move the road or built the campground, um but with the with palace behind us and you know if we can prove that we think it'll be successful then yeah they want to do it. Um so I, I think it's helped us from a, a lot of things um to doing that um where the struggles of a, a small family park, if you have a bad season and you're the only park, it, yes. it hurts. You know, yeah. it's uh, uh, you're not putting a big investment in where this has been um, from from my standpoint I think pretty good for us is a a park and it helped us grow the park.
0: I know that the apocryphal stories with Kennywood is that when they hit lean years, they were really depending heavily on their uh, picnic and their group sales. What degree does group sales matter to a park like Lake Compounds?
1: Well, I mean, like anybody, if you can get pre-bookings or season pass downs before the season opens, like any business, you, you know those sales are there. Um, so that helps us out tremendously versus going in the other direction where you're like, Oh, um, you know, it's going to be a little overcast today. At least we got some books grouped and, uh, your know, groups booked, I mean, and versus not knowing what's coming into the park. So I, I think anytime you can get some, uh, groups ahead of time, that helps any business out. And I'm, I don't even think it's, it's us, it's a quasi, it's, it's even Cedar Point. I mean, anytime you fill that park ahead of time it's a big, um, it's a tremendous achievement because
0: that helps. Is it a challenge? Is it like a very competitive space where you guys are operating? Because obviously, you know, we've mentioned Six Flags and Kwasi already, but theoretically, you know, in that footprint of where you guys are, you can be competing with the likes of Great Escape or Rye Playland or a ton of other facilities.
1: Oh, well, yeah, it's anywhere, um, somebody's using discretionary dollars. So it could be, it could be the Bronx Zoo. Mm-hmm. It could be uh maybe the family goes to a, a Yankees or Red Sox game, uh versus coming to Lake Compound. So absolutely the um there is so much to do, um in probably a hundred and little over a hundred mile radius, you know. Yeah. Uh, because that includes New York City, Boston, uh even parts of New Jersey, Rhode Island, uh Albany. There there there's a ton to do. So yeah, I, I think it it definitely um makes that competition much more difficult because it's not just the other parks, it's baseball, it's it's the city itself, either city. It's going on to Broadway, going to Theater District of Boston, going on the, you know, the, the Freedom Trail. Um, if the family chooses to do that, they may not choose to come to Lake Compact that, that summer.
0: Right. I uh, yeah, you know, I'll mention this because I my wife and I thought it was you know, kind of hilarious that we went to Nova Scotia last year and I think it may have been a Boston ABC station that had a Lake compounds commercial. So to see that in, in Atlantic Canada, um, first of all, do you expect that number one, number two, like what kind of range do you guys try to go roughly with your advertising? I know that's probably a, a a pretty specific question, uh, an industry question that you may not want to answer. No, we, one of
1: the things that, 20, 30, 21 years ago, when I moved here, is we thought everybody knew about Lake compound because it's the oldest park in the country. And little did we know, um, not many people knew about Lake compound <laughs> outside of 20 mile radius or whatever. But you know, I think we're pretty proud to say that we we advertise all of Connecticut, um, New York, um, t- going towards Albany, uh, Western Mass. We uh, went into Boston last year, and all of Rhode Island. So I think we've uh, grown our market considerably um, and I think we're not done yet so I mean there's a lot of people in this area that's the good thing you think talk about all the competition but there are a lot of people that live here so we want to make sure that everybody uh, if you're in Boston you're aware of us and what we have to offer.
0: Going back to the park itself here I want to kind of ask you about some of the more unique attractions that the park has. Uh, one of those is a trolley and I believe that's on loan from the trolley museum in New Haven is that correct?
1: Uh, North Branford but yeah Okay. Um, New Haven, well, it's right there—the North Branford um, New Haven line, but it's it's right there.
0: Yes. So, how has that relationship been? Who was the guy that, that came up with the idea of let's have a trolley, and we'll actually have people run a real trolley? Well,
1: I think that that came from Kennywood because it came during those years, and that was uh, planned as I was coming into the park. So, you know, that was a little bit before my time, but you know, we've we've kept it because it is a, a, a unique attraction and that trolley actually ran to the park um, in the 30s uh, early 40s so you know there's a piece of history there that that really is something unique that people get to experience from years and years and years ago
0: and I'll say as somebody that operated it it's it's always kind of fun to think of the fact that you're operating a real trolley I mean it's not an amusement ride set to look like one you actually have to sit there and move the poles and it has a huge cast iron key that's required to move it. I mean, it's, it's a pretty fantastic thing to operate and, and to have it as an attraction to actually go on is, is pretty amazing. But it's also slightly terrifying because it's an actual trolley and you have to be really careful with it as a result. Um, yeah. the sky ride that you guys have, uh, some parks have sky rides, you know, whether they're a Hopkins or a Von Roll, you guys have basically a full chairlift going up the side of the mountain. Um, talk about some of the challenges that are involved, first of all, with the installation of that and be with the operation and maintenance of it.
1: Well, I mean, uh, when they installed it, I, I was here when they were installing it and they used a helicopter and they had to pour all the footings by, um, you know, by hand. And then as they were putting it together, they used a the helicopter to drop the, uh, the towers in. And, you know, some of the challenges, you know, you're always clearing it. Uh, we were, the, the team is up there cutting brush and trees and making sure that we're okay. And then. You know, you got an attraction where you can't see the entire ride. So it's a little terrifying from that standpoint. But, you know, some of the challenges that, you know, we didn't experience early on, but now we experience is on hot days, we close it because of heat exhaustion. Um, and I remember one time where we had that happen and it was terrifying because you had to wait for the person to come around. Um, you know, you got to pay attention to storms if there's pop up storms or lightning storms. You can't operate because the worst thing you can do when we, you know, get someone caught in the rain or not even just the rain, the the thunder and lightning storm would be be terrifying. So our goal is to make sure that we're always watching the weather and doing that and um, making sure that, you know, people have to understand that if that ride should stop and we have to manually evacuate you, you need to be in good physical condition uh, to get down that
0: mountain. I somewhat foolishly volunteered many years ago, along with one of your security people to go up and clean up the mountain. And uh, I would just like to reiterate exactly what you said. You probably want to be in decent physical condition issue, especially if you're around like tower six or seven on that, on that thing. It, that's going to be, it would be fun. Uh, and, and I mean that in a somewhat ironic sense as far as trying to get off that, but it's, the ride itself is amazing. I mean, it, there's nothing that, that really is similar. I mean, there's, there's one at, Ken- at Knoebels in Pennsylvania that's somewhat similar, but probably half the length of the, the one that you guys have. and it, it, Especially this, the steepness of, of the lift is really incredible. Yeah,
1: and most people, you know, you go up a lift, but you don't come down because you're skiing down. On this one, when you come down and you hit Tower 7 coming down, it's, it's, it's probably one of the more intense thrill rides, the slowest thrill ride. <laughs>
0: In the U.S., probably. <laughs> um, I want to ask uh, some other sort of uh, specific questions about Lake Compounds. These are kind of the questions that I always have in the back of my mind. The first one is when you're on the train right now, you guys have moved the, the road back. There's been some water park expansion. I saw you guys have a racing, uh, mat racing slide and a new wave pool over in that sector. Um, but there's still a lot of earth moving equipment over there. And I was told that you guys have like a septic sand operation. You guys sell that. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. um, We sold the sand that was under the existing road. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, uh, you know, so it was, because I don't know what we would do with it, but we kept all all the top. Oh, there is a lot of topsoil and rock that we're keeping, Mm -hmm. um, but it's the smaller tailings of of rock. And we're going to be using that. We're going to use all the topsoil because we never have enough topsoil and, um, (laughs) Else, uh, since you've been here, actually, they have finished and they have moved out.
0: Oh, excellent. Now, I'm assuming you talked about having some more thrilling attractions for the water park. Is it safe to say that given that the water park is expanding out in that direction, that that's where those attractions are probably going to go?
1: Yeah, yeah. That's all um, zoned for water park, that whole area. So, uh, again, it will help us out. um, You know, that's where it's all going to go eventually, and there's there's a lot of room um, where you know I, it'll take years to do all that yeah there's there's a lot
0: of space back there in in the southern end of the park do you ever yeah. plan to try and connect basically have a full loop of pathway around the lake
1: um not at this moment but you know eventually when it gets down to that point we may want to um to have that but it's again that's so many years um I will probably be retired at that point. (laughs) When you start thinking about, uh, you know, all the water attractions and park attractions and campground expansions, and some years you don't do stuff, it it could be a a while before we see that.
0: In the late 90s, early 2000s, there was a paddle wheeler that was out on the boat, which uh, provided scenic cruises, uh, which I remember was run by good old Captain Pete, and then eventually taken over by the water park crew. But that no longer is there. Have you guys looked at having a boat to do scenic cruises again on on Lake Compounds, or are you going to stay away from that for the time being?
1: The hard part with the boats, um, you know, you have to have a very good driver. Yeah. And um, you know, and at times, if you don't have the good driver, you don't want to be on there. And you know, there wasn't a lot of you'd be surprised the small amount of people that actually wrote it. And um, you know, you might. open for seven hours with the water park but you only did three or four runs all day
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and uh you know the boat was very difficult uh from an ada standpoint to get people we didn't have a way to get people on with wheelchairs and everything else so you know it it didn't you know we wanted to make sure that we were doing what we could um but it didn't meet any of those requirements so at, at that time it was just easiest to to get rid of it, and then we ended up putting the laser show out on the lake, which didn't do as well as we had hoped on the lake. So, you know, right now we we know we have a good resource there, but I'm not sure I know the answer of what the next thing will be on the lake. But there's definitely things we can do.
0: This year there was a uh, sort of an issue that's popped up with the federal government and the H two B visa program. Uh, for a time, Lake Compounds was bringing in foreign workers. I remember typically they were coming in from like Scotland and, and Britain. Um do you guys still use international workers, and has that affected you at all, or did you move completely to using domestic employees
1: um uh, no we, we are completely uh using domestic employees, but remember when Lake compounds first came up, um you know it was only operating for a weekend here and a weekend there right. i don't know if a lot of the lo- local people had faith in the park uh, that it would be open year round again and then once we established that we're we're really a place to work um there, there's been, not an abundance, but, you know, we're just like anybody else. You run into your but we, tough times, but we've been able to staff the park and, and do well with it. I was
0: going to say, a lot of parks that I've I've seen have been having a lot of issues in terms of trying to uh, lure in people to work at them. Uh, even Cedar Point has some pretty serious staffing issues. Do you have any advice for anyone out there in the amusement industry as to how to get people to work for you?
1: Well, I, I don't know if you, you know, you worked here. Um, yep. And the key that I really believe, and it's difficult at times, but you got to make it a place where people want to work. And you got to make sure that they buy into the system, that it's not just a summer job, um, that they're learning life skills, because no matter what, at the end of the day, no matter what job you work at, you will learn skills that will help you in your career. And if you get people to understand that, that, They buy into the system, and then you work on getting that return rate because they enjoy working there. Um, I think that's a big key component of it. And and I I know all the other parks do that, and I know all the parks. We work on it really, really hard. Um, But, you know, I I see some of these return rates even in in our food service. And, um, you know, when you think about working in food service, I worked in food service. You know, you're trying to pump up the kids for working in there, saying, okay, when it's going to be 100 degrees out, you're going to work in a stand that's 120 and, <laughs> a and you're going to be working with, you're going to be working really late hours and coming really early. It's it's, um, it's very tough to, to motivate people, but there are a lot of good people out there that want to work. And, um, you know, as long as you can make it a place, it, it's still a job. It's not going to be right. a community, you know, an area where you can just hang out with your friends. It's still a job and you are going to learn skills. But I, I think if you can make it so it's, enjoyable, they'll want to come back.
0: Yeah, I, I I agree. I think for you personally, you know, and I, I told you this and I, I wasn't joking. I think that your work ethic is incredible. And it, it's actually one of the things that sort of has stayed with me is I always think about like Jerry works a ton of hours, like a lot of hours, like you constantly work. And I always see you in the park. There's a lot of managers uh, in the industry, you know, and, and you can always tell the differences between the facilities, but you're always out there you're always with guests you always have a dustpan and a broom and you're working no matter what and uh, and i think that that makes a difference because it, it kind of shows an example to everybody that's that's even at the entry level that okay this guy's out here with me at the same time i think that means i think that actually is really meaningful
1: well I, you know thank you for the the comment but at the end of the day you know i want to make sure the park is clean mm-hmm. and you want people there are team Members out there that are like, what does that guy do? And at least if they see me picking up trash and, and, and moving benches and doing whatever it takes, uh, cleaning bathrooms. Or uh, the other day, I was making potato patch fries on a busy, busy day for a little bit. But if you show people that you're willing to help out, I, I think that helps with the team. And, and to be honest, I, I grew up on a farm. It can't be any harder work than that. <laughs> <You
0: know? laughs>
1: if I got to do a little bit of work, um, to me, it still is easier than what I did growing up.
0: <laughs> uh, some questions about stuff that that never quite came to Lake Compounds. My recollection is that you somehow ended up with the monorail that used to be at Busch Gardens Tampa.
1: We did. <laughs> uh, and, but at least the track. At least the track. We never had the train it, or the uh, the
0: car, and the monorail itself. Explain. Explain really quickly how that happened, if you can.
1: Um, what you what
0: know, happened? I, I'm assuming it's in a scrapyard somewhere, or is? Yeah, monorail we we sold, it, we sold
1: it for scrap, but. Yeah. Um, um, I, I believe uh, the Henninger family bought it, and they weren't sure what they were going to do with it, whether it was for Kennywood or for us. But all the track came here, and you know, after 10 or 11 years, we were like, "Can we scrap this now?" Because <laughs> 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 it had taken its place and taken place and everything else, so they, we finally scrapped it all.
0: Did you even have like a, an idea as to what you would do with it
1: when okay, like,
0: it showed up, and you're like, "Okay, I guess we have monorail track."
1: Yeah, they said we're going to send it there and store it there, but then it never came up what we're going to do with it. Um, (laughs) And then after time, it just unfortunately sat there and it was no longer in decent shape. So we ended up scrapping all the
0: track. Is it fair to say that a family run park, you know, like with somebody like the Henningers in charge, is more likely to make that kind of impulse purchase (laughs) than Palace Entertainment will be? Uh, Yes. (laughs) <laughs> um,
1: i i definitely you know i definitely would have seen that um you, you know we bought some used rides and we went to if you remember wild West World had opened up for one year in wichita yep you know i went down there to look for a couple attractions and we bought the train from them and the little uh pirate ship the, the canoe that we had and it was um i don't think that we would have done that Palace would have taken their time and researched it a little bit more and, and done stuff and but with, with Kennywood, um, they'd be like, "Oh that'd be a nice traction let's get it and uh, that's kind of how that happened. So they were a little bit more impulse uh, purchasers if they thought it was a good deal.
0: I didn't realize so the CP Huntington train that's there now, LA compounds is a different one than the one I ran fifteen years ago
1: well we have we have two engines we have two sets of trains uh, now um, so yes, uh, one of them is different than what you ran okay and uh, actually we, we have two because yeah, the engine you pre- probably would have operated was a diesel and that went up to Storyland and we have two um unleaded, you know, gasoline engines here. So there's uh, so both engines are new compared to where you when you were here. I didn't realize that. Yeah, the cars are still the same.
0: Okay. Wow, all right. Yeah, that, and uh yeah, Wild West World, uh that was a story. Um I think the guy that built the prison um or got out recently maybe, but yeah, that, that didn't quite work out. Um, another thing that I recall uh, being hotly rumored for Lake Compounds when I was a kid was the construction of a spinning coaster. Was that something that you ever actually looked at?
1: We we did, yes. Um, we uh, actually had approval through the uh, town. Um, you know, so I, I think that uh, it, it was there. And I think over time, we actually, when Thunder and Lightning was put in, we were looking at it back then. And then we decided to go with Thunder and Lightning that year instead of a
0: coast, uh, a spinning coaster. That just kind of – so it obviously it just hasn't happened. Maybe it will one day kind of thing. So
1: yeah. If- you know, I, I'm not sure if I can even answer – I'm sure it will happen. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a fan of spinning coasters. I like them, and uh, they're fun coasters, and they're great for the family market. Um, but, you know, at that time when it went in, you know, we decided to do Thunder and Lightning instead with Kennywood. And then it just, it never came back up, really. And, uh, you know, when we put in phobia last year, it never came up because we wanted to make a bigger impact or a bigger splash.
0: Haunted Graveyard is a huge Halloween event for you guys, but it's actually run by an outside firm. How did you guys come to make that call to bring in the Haunted Graveyard people? And how big of a of, a, of an event is it for Lake Compound?
1: Well, um, we went to the Haunted Graveyard when it was at Lyman Orchards, and, um, y- you know, we went through it because we were thinking about doing our own. And then we actually met with uh, Ernie who owns it and said, you know what? You're too big for this place. (laughs) He didn't have parking. He didn't have, there were a lot of constraints that were hurting him. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we sat down with him and said, you know, what about coming here? Um, So I I think that would be good going forward. Um, You know, that was good for us. And, And again, we believe it. It does really well. And again, at that time of year, it's a little bit more weather based than it is during the summer because when you get those rainstorms in the fall, they're there all day, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. um, so yeah, it is a little bit more of a challenge. But again, I think it's a, a pretty good, um, you know, for us to do that.
0: Is that something, that- working with an outside vendor like that for something like the Haunted Graveyard, is that something that you can see? Uh, palace entertainment still going with now or was it a product of the time period? And, and, you know, now it gets to stick around because of what it is, but you know, it, it might not. Oh, no,
1: we, we, uh, we have a uh, renegotiated. I mean, we have extended our contract a couple of times with him because he does a good job.
0: I yeah. Mean, he does he, a great job.
1: He really does a good job. And why do you, um, why do you want to mess with something that he, he does well? um and 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 again he's the his is a labor of love because that's what he started so he's always going to put that extra special touch into it it's not saying that we can't do it but he does a good job and when it works sometimes you really want to go and try to do something that's already working well and and uh change it
0: um i know we're getting close to the one hour mark so Anything that you want to close with, anything you want to bring up or discuss about uh, what we can expect at Lake Compounds this season and in the future?
1: Well, I mean, we're, we're slated for changes, obviously, and uh, I can't tell you what they are.
0: No, don't uh, expect any announcements. That's okay.
1: Uh, no, but, um, you, know, I, 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 you know, I've been here now for 21 years, and I, I really, I still get up every day and enjoy the challenge and the job, and, you know, the team has done a great job at um, providing, you know, what our mission statement is. And, and I think we, over time, have, have grown to become a, we're not quite there at a destination park yet, but I think, I think we'll get there. Um, so that, that's our goal, and we, we think we can achieve it.
0: I'm going to ask you uh, one last question, uh, which is not a Lake Compound's question per se, but it's one of those questions I've always had because it was something that I heard uh, quite a bit. Um, Tom Wages, who was the general manager at Lake Compound's Prior to being brought into Lake Compounds, was the manager over at uh, Great Escape, and it was his wife's family's park, if I remember correctly. Yeah, right. When Premier started to have their issues, when Six Flags started to have their issues around 0304, that kind of coincided with, around his retirement. Was there ever any discussion that you're aware of for him and his wife to take back Great Escape?
1: Oh boy, that is the first I've heard of that. Okay. Uh, so, but I'm going to
0: say probably not if you've never heard of that
1: before. I don't know if I, I don't think I can answer that I think that's <laughs> I can answer himself, but I, you know, I never, you know, heard of that. So for me, I, I can't say that that was
0: true. Okay. I, I figure I got, uh, information about Knott's Berry farm in Taiwan. Would have been interesting to find out whether or not the great escape, uh, being purchased from six flags was a true story. So, okay. I guess it's still a mystery. And, uh, have to write tom wages a letter wherever he's at right now probably in florida or somewhere nice somewhere warm all year uh and see what he says but uh jerry thank you very much for coming on the podcast really appreciate it
1: well i appreciate it and uh next time you're up it'll be good to see you again and uh you know hopefully you'll see some more changes the next time you're up
0: all right sounds great thank you very much
1: thank you have a good day